welcome to the Community Strategy Podcast. I'm your host, Deb Shell. On this podcast, I share conversations with leaders of purpose-driven, private-paid online communities that bring together like-minded members for transformation to better their life, career, relationships, and well-being. As a community strategist, I help entrepreneurs build, launch, and grow online paid communities on Mighty Networks. And to learn more about working with me, please visit my website, findcalmhere.com. That's F-I-N-D-C-A-L-M-H-E-R-E.com. I help entrepreneurs find calm in the process of launching an online community. So uh, check that out, please. I want to ask you, do you have a strategy question that you are struggling with, something, a challenge? Uh, if you do, I want to start answering some questions uh, through uh, the podcast. Uh, it's a new thing I want to try. So please shoot me an email at deb at findcalmhere.com. And I will uh, review any questions I get in the next episode. I will add a answer section for any questions that I do get once I get some. So send an email to deb at findcalmhere.com. And I hope you enjoy this episode. I am super excited today for our guest uh, with the Community Strategy Podcast, Teresa Anderson. She's the head of agency and business at Agora Pulse, a client I just worked with. We did some discovery work together and really enjoyed uh, working with her. And so I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you, Deb. I'm super excited to be here. How fun. I know. It's been such a joy working with you over the last couple of months. And so tell everybody a little bit about what you do with Agora Pulse. What's your role there? Sure. So uh, I work for Agora Pulse, head of agency business. My job is to make sure that our agency clients have everything they need to be successful at their jobs from start to finish. So every aspect of their interaction with us and every interaction of their success, basically every stage of their success is my business. So making sure they have uh, the education that they need, making sure that they have the tools that they need within the within the features, within the uh, tool. And then also the, the work that you and I did, which was basically listening to them to find out what they need so we can make sure that all the features in the tool are responsive to them and meet their needs. Very cool. Yeah. Um, we did a lot of just asking questions about, and, and tell us a little bit about Agora Pulse for people who aren't familiar with that too. Sure. I would love to. So uh, Agora Pulse is a social media management platform. So we make, we're that one-stop shop to make everything easy as far as publishing and scheduling and tracking and responding to all of your social media from one spot. So rather than logging into a bunch of native tools, logging in and out, you can do everything from one inbox, from one platform, from one dashboard. And comparable, a lot of agencies out there be familiar with some of the other uh, tools in the in the space, but Hootsuite, Sprout Social is a couple of the bigger, the bigger names in the space. Um, what we have really niched ourselves as, what we have really found our home in being a great solution for more complex social media environments like those you would find in an agency. So if you're a growing team, if you're a growing agency, we, we've structured ourselves to have the features at a price point that make it easy for you to grow and to succeed. Mm, yeah, so hard as a... Uh, small businesses, but your, your main focus is probably with larger organizations that maybe have a lot of... Um 
of moving parts and maybe multiple uh, social media accounts that they're trying to uh, manage all at the same time, I'm guessing. Well, it's interesting because we have definitely found that it's in complexity. I think complexity is the key word here. We have some... um, we have some clients that have an, an agency specifically that have very, very robust, complex social media footprints that they're doing for many, many clients, but they themselves maybe only have four, five, six employees. They're just managing social media for their clients that happen to have very robust footprints. So, you know, we're talking about some clients having 10, 20, 40 profiles just with one client. All it takes is like five or six clients for you to need a really robust tool. Right. Uh, And talk about social media management. What's your definition of a social media manager? What's that role look like? So for for agencies, that role is... uh, For agencies, there are two different types of agencies that I kind of have my my finger on the pulse of, to to do a little pun there. But my finger's on the pulse of... uh, of two different types of agencies. You got your straight up digital marketing agencies that do everything for their clients. So even the regular marketing agencies that could do, you know, everything from old school letterhead to media buys to social media. They've got a mix. Social media is in their mix. Um, and they need a quick and they need a quick and easy way to stay organized to, to get all of that complexity under control and be efficient enough to be profitable. There, there's a big thing. Um, so that's kind of your your social media in the mix of a marketing agency. Then we've actually got a whole other category of clients that are just social media. So they do nothing but social media. Their bread and butter is social media. And for those clients, social media management is not just one thing they do. It's everything they do. Yeah. And those are different. Those are totally different Uh, roles and and complexity in themselves of how do you time manage and... and, um uh, c- communication of your team of di- these different areas. And so part of our project actually was asking some of these agency uh, owners, or, or we talked to a, a wide variety of people when we did some, uh, I helped with discovery interviews recently. And can, can you explain a little bit about the the, pr- the process that you and I uh, did and, and why you wanted to do uh, some discovery interviews? Sure. I, I, f- I feel like discovery doesn't always get its due as far as how important it is um, when you're doing pretty much anything. So I think that, you know, it's easy to um, get in your own bubble and think that you need a feature or think that you know how to solve a problem and forget that, you know, inside of your little echo chamber, maybe what you think isn't everything. And then I think there's a secondary echo echo chamber that can happen if you're only talking to clients. So if you're only talking to your clients, your clients either love you or hate you or some variation in between. And and no matter what that variation is of their uh, familiarity with you, it does affect their it does affect their answers. It does affect their perception. They're talking to you and they know you. So what you and I did, which was very uh, very interesting and also very critical to our discovery process was we only focused on talking to non-clients. And that really gave us a different perspective that was super important when we were doing the positioning and the messaging for what ended up being a new feature for us. But it was was super critical to get that non-client perspective. And then it was also very important to have you as part of that process because, again, as far as 
tainting the results. I love the company. I think the feature is fantastic. If I'm answering the que- if I'm asking the questions, it- it's only natural that as a human being, I'm going to allow my emotions to color the discussion. So bringing you in as a very, you know, all of your skills as a good communicator and a good listener were applied to getting really pristine answers that weren't tainted by any preconceived notions. And that made that discovery so valuable in our in our process. Yeah, I think it's a, such a good point to talk about people who are not your customers, not your right. clients, because yeah, your, your clients and your customers are probably giving you a lot of <laughs> information to help you decide if, you know, what products or features need they need or, or you know, problems that they ha- encounter. They're already kind of communicating. Usually it's problems. They're not really telling you everything's great. <laughs> they're, they're only coming to you and, hey, this isn't working the way we thought it was going to work. But to, to end to the point you were saying is, that, you know, whether whatever they have, they have some kind of understanding or, or background on the on the overall brand. And um, to talk to people who are actively doing these different roles of social media management, uh, but aren't familiar maybe necessarily with your uh, with Agora Pulse. That was the point that they didn't really know about the the, the platform or your your organization. They actually were talking to them about their problems right. around the the tools that are accessible to them today and what they use to help support their efforts in and now we specifically we're talking about analytical data right and re- reviewing reviewing those um, metrics to identify and some people we learned don't <laughs> are various re, you know, various answers to the the question of engage, what engagement meant. We found that right, but just just to explain for people listening, uh, what we wanted to do was to understand what their problems were in regards to community management around collection of data and whether the companies that they worked for, their agencies or clients that they had, if their agency if those tools were helping them des- des- design a social media strategy that was going to be benefiting the organization, whether that's uh, the agency or the clients, right? Right. Well, it was it was very interesting, too, how, how, to your point, they differed on what was success. They differed on what was metrics. They, differ- they, they differed on what was considered a, a win for the social media. So like all of those things, when you, when you, when you stripped it all away and said, hey, Tell me how you're telling your boss you're doing a good job. And that and the answer to that question was surprising how wide an answer we got to that question. So some people, what was it? We talked to the one woman who worked in education and she said her definition of success, and I'm paraphrasing, was that if her board members were out in public and they and someone commented to them, "Hey, I liked that social media post." on the on the university website like that was that was the pinnacle of success for her and yeah. and that was pretty amazing and then we had other people that were still um you know focused on likes and comments and shares and and then we started drilling down and 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 we did run into some people that were doing a lot of extra work to try to get to meaningful data. So I think that we definitely saw that wide breadth, but we definitely had to drill down and carve out a little space for real 
bottom line ROI driven data. And that was, we had to peel back the layers to get answers to those questions because it wasn't an easy question and answer. We really had to define the terms. We had to tell them, how are you measuring the business impact of social media? And that, and for us, the terms that we defined as, as we were going through our discovery, Deb, we were inventing that as we went. We, def- we decided that business impact of social media has to be defined as sales, leads, and visitor behavior. And that is what we need to know if we're going to s- prove the value of social media to a company's bottom line. Likes and shares may or may not do anything for us. That comment from the, the board member here is when they're out on Saturday at lunch and someone comes up and says they was a great social media post, that is not going to move the needle for the company. It just isn't. Well, it depends on what the post was, right? <laughs> well, I, I, I am certain that them saying something to the board member about it probably didn't move the needle unless they went and signed their kid up that afternoon. I guess that that's possible. <laughs> awareness, it was bringing, and some of those comments we had from uh, some other people, the Cocoa Beach uh, uh, lady who was on the government there yeah. was talking about um, awareness, their campaigns about yeah. awareness in, in her yeah. community, in, in, in the community that they're trying to, as her role as a public information officer, her role is to inform the public about different programs and initiatives. And a lot of community members don't know, you know, what they have access to as a community member in their government system. And so that's what they were really, you know, that's the only thing they were really, they're not trying to get anybody to necessarily buy anything, but they were just trying to get information to the right people so that the people could then go come to an event, show up at a you know, a town hall meeting or whatever that is, right? Right, right. But for her, she really was paying attention to visitor behavior. She didn't frame it that way. But when we really, I don't know if you remember, we we dug in with her a little bit and she's like, yeah, we're measuring how many people are visiting this webpage. We're measuring how many people downloaded that form and requested services. Um, so whether or not it was it was part of the, like the common vernacular, I think, the, I think we really are at the point in social media where social media is getting mature enough where we're asking these questions. I think up until now, for the most part, social media has kind of been a necessary evil for a lot of places. You have to have it. You have to dump money on it. You don't ever get anything out of it. I think that the time is passing. That's that's not going to be acceptable going forward. We're starting to get a little bit more savvy. We're starting to grow up a little bit. We're starting to expect we're, show me where the rubber meets the road. You want a budget? You want to hire people? You want a seat at the table when we're making our strategies? Then you need to prove to me that this is somehow moving the ball for us. And, and like I said, even though she wasn't using those words, when we drilled back, that's what she was measuring. She was measuring her success on how many people actually took action in a meaningful way to get the resources that they needed from their community. And that was great. And that's the key word that I like that you just mentioned is action, people taking action, because you can't take action on what you don't know. And if somebody just generally says, well, we need social media, so let's just get somebody who can 
put together some posts on Facebook because we don't know anything about, you know, right. Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever the uh, Instagram. Oh, we have to be on Instagram and now we have to be on TikTok. <laughs> we don't know anything about these platforms or, right. you know, who or, they, they might not even know who's actually going there. No, one of the, the comments um, was that, oh, we know our people are on Facebook. So we're our effort and time is spent on Facebook because that's where our audience is. And so they had a bit of an educated um, yes. decision that they made on what platform they're focusing their attention on, but not everybody obviously has done that. And some people are just like, well, we have to be everywhere. So we'll just be everywhere. Um, but then what's the purpose? What, what, what is the end result? If you pay somebody, you know, a social media manager, or maybe if it's a, like in those roles that we talk to people where they're doing multiple things and social media is only a part of their role, then what is, how do we prioritize spending five or six or 10 hours a week on your social media campaigns? And how does that, how do we justify that time versus, okay, we're going to build sales pages or we're going to, you know, something specifically related to, right. to end results of purchases of clients actually signing up or joining or whatever the, whatever the, um, the ask is, right? Right. Well, the, the reality is, is that if you can't prove the things you're talking about, if you can't prove your bottom line value to the organization, you are an expense. And guess what happens to expenses when times get tough? Expenses get cut. But if you can prove that you're adding to revenue, revenue builders get more budget. Revenue builders get more people. Revenue builders are invited into the room when important strategies are being being created. So uh, this is a this feature and this conversation is a is, is literally a game changer. People throw that around, but this is literally before analytics, after analytics. We can we can mark the line right here. And what's going to end up happening, because because Deb, as much as we're we're you know we're we're focusing on the on a couple of the people that that uh you know maybe weren't as sophisticated. We talked to a couple people that were advanced level analytics spelunkers is the word that came to my mind. But like, these are people that are diving into Google Analytics head first, swimming through the ocean of crazy statistics to find the one little golden pearly nugget that they need out of it and come back with something valuable. We definitely talked to people who are putting a lot of time and effort into digging that data out of Google Analytics in order to, in order to be able to take that to their clients and to their and to their bosses and for those people i would say they are on the front edge of doing this they're on the front you know the, on the front line the front edge of doing this but we're all no one is going to be able to escape it it's coming like if your boss isn't asking for those numbers now your boss is going to be asking for those numbers. Like it, it's, it's not something that we can put off as an industry. Well, and to uh, most of the listeners that probably possibly either own their own company or entrepreneurs, because a lot of people might be entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast, they're the they're the owner, so they they want to they don't have a lot of time. They're trying, they're doing their sales, they're doing their marketing. They're you know they could be doing pretty much all the hats. They're wearing all the hats. Maybe they have a virtual assistant that's helping them with something like you know social media creation in Canva or uh, scheduling on their scheduling apps, but. Um, 
you know, that's that's even a rarity. So they have to justify because they're paying somebody else to do that. Then if they hire a virtual assistant, that it's costing them bottom line money each month or each uh, annual year, whatever you're looking at there. Uh, so they have to figure out whether whether their investment in in, a, in someone is worth it uh, or their time, if they're doing it themselves as a startup, uh, is my time valuable or, or should I be on client calls? If I can charge X amount of dollars for a client call, I, I don't want to spend three hours working on my social media campaign, which, which is a, I don't know if I'm going to get clients from this or not. But if I get on client calls, I know I could convert people because I know that, you know, that's going to equal dollars in my bank account at the end of that call. Hopefully, if you, you know, if you're doing a sales conversion call. I mean, that's where the rubber meets the road, Deb. Yeah. And, and if, if you've been hiding out in that necessary evil brand awareness <laughs> you know, uh, if that's where you've been hiding out as a social media person, like, oh, well, we're just here for brand awareness. Oh, well, we have to be here. We have to have a Facebook page. Like, uh, I would I would challenge you to start thinking about this differently, that now is the time because what's going to happen for that for that segment of the of the population, for the people that are doing social media or offering social media management services, the time is coming where you're gonna lose clients. The time is coming where you're going to lose jobs to other people if you're not able to prove these metrics. If you're not putting on your resume, I increased conversion from uh, from Facebook to the, the website by 30% in a year. Like those are going to be the numbers that they're looking for on resumes, on pitches. It's coming. Yeah. Oh, and uh, the community industry. So we talk about social media uh, and, and community it is the buzzword in 2022. And it's all what I talk about is, is community building. And a lot of people ask me, well, how do I get people to my online community? And I specialize in the Money Networks platform, which is an intentional uh, connection platform. It's not social media. It's a different altogether um, conversation we're having inside these private paid spaces. And, but people say, well, how do you get people there? And couple, there's a couple different ways we talk about that, but wanted to just go back to discovery is really important to see who is my ideal client? Who's my ideal member in, in my community? Where are they hanging out? What social media platforms are they on? So it really goes back to part of, part of the equation is about discovery. And the other part could be, where am I promoting my offer? Once I get clear on my offer, I have to talk to people and I have to know where they're hanging out. So it kind of all lines up together to say, okay, I know my my ideal members are probably mostly on LinkedIn. So I'm going to connect with those people who are already in my existing network. I'm going to talk to, you know, maybe I'll put up a post on LinkedIn and say, hey, da, 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 da. And then the people that respond to me, I'll ask them, would you like to get on a call with me? And that's how they do discovery. They get their ideal member on the phone and actually talk to people. <laughs> and then... Maybe they do a survey because part of our project was putting together a survey so that you could collect other big data. So those things all add up to the product that you're offering now. You've got validation because people have told you we need something and this product is solving that problem in some way, right? Well, yes, definitely for the people that realized it was a need. So the people that were out there spelunking through Google Analytics, they saw this as a huge come up. Now I can get all this information instantly without having to go spelunking? Fantastic. But we also realized that we had an education job to do on the other people who weren't even in the right... 
They weren't even in the right cave to go spelunking. They were they were out on the beach somewhere picking up seashells and a totally different. Like they weren't even in the right cave. So we did realize that yes, we have a solution for that person too, but there might be a little piece of education to get them to where they see the need. I think it's what we're you know talking about bringing out to light this whole concept of no, it's more than just being having a profile on a social media channel. It's more than that. It's actually creating engagement and conversations with people because not there's there's no lack of content. There's an over right. those are an oversaturation now of content. The internet is massive with many, 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 many places to find many, 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 many things, right? But how do we filter what we need to learn or what we need to view or we need to consume? And and how is that being filtered to us? And social media is a good example of those algorithms that you're fighting to try to get seen as, as a business owner are the very things that we're talking about is how, how do we talk about measuring the success of social media? It goes back to all of those things kind of connect to um, validating what we're doing so that then we can measure the success and then go back to the company and say, hey, yeah, we're actually, this is what worked or learning the, this is what didn't work. And so we're going to make sure we don't spend, you know, a whole bunch of money doing Facebook ads because we just learned, you know, over the past year that they just weren't giving us the results we needed. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, and I would tell you for your, for your people in the audience that are smaller businesses that are doing this, um, I, I'll just, you know, throw this out there. UTM codes, while they are a beast to wrestle, they are the way that you're going to be able to track back whether or not that white paper you wrote actually made anybody visit your website. So if you haven't done any investigating into UTM codes, um, even if you aren't using Agora Pulse, even if you aren't using our, our um, social media measuring feature on the platform, you can, you can be a data warrior. You can figure out UTMs. You can stick them on your downloads and on your posts and in your, and, and then you can go to Google Analytics and you can start to track those things yourself. Um, if you want to have, if, if you want to be able to make data driven decisions about where to spend your time that you have to be able to track. And I would point you in the direction of UTM codes to start your tracking journey. Yeah, I think it's a good point. A lot of people ask me, and since you're more of the social media queen than I am uh, in that in that realm, you know, what social media is, where should I be? What social media should I be doing? And do you have people come to you with that question? <laughs> I'm curious. You know, I have I have friends and family that come to me and ask right. that question. I think that um I think that if you're if you're a social media professional or if you're a marketing professional, you you kind of second nature know the the demographics and the attraction of each of the platforms. They all have their own kind of unique appeal, and you and you kind of know what that is. And you and you at at very at the very outset, you have to make an educated guess. I think this is where my people are going to be, and then see what kind of traction you get. You know that that's that's a that's the trial and error part of this. So I think that finding the, finding a platform and testing things out is process that everybody has to go through. The small business owner and the social media professional, they're all making a they're all making posts on chosen platforms and they're hoping, you know, that they have outcomes. But it's it's in those it's all hopes and wishes until you stick a UTM code on it and you know for sure. 
Right. Otherwise, you continue to be moving around in the dark unless you are are able to like really measure. Because we actually have case after case after case. Some people will produce some uh, produce something on organic social media. So they've they've put out a, a, a question or they put out a topic and they've got some answers and they see a lot of traction around it, lots of likes, lots of comments. When they and and so they think, oh, that that was successful. I should do more of that. But once they attach the UTM codes to it, once they're able to really track, is this really moving the needle? Am I getting leads? Am I getting sales? Am I getting visitor demographics that make sense to me, they'll see that posts that generate a lot of likes don't necessarily generate a lot of downloads or a lot of clicks or a lot of measurable action. And posts that they thought were, eh, nobody really liked that, but they got two downloads out of it. So I think that there's 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 that part of it too. If you're not if you're not tracking that action all the way back to something, to a deliverable that matters to you, the social media can be misleading. The mm-hmm. social media likes and engage and like the likes and the comments and the, that quote unquote engagement, it was defined right. so many different ways, that can be misleading. Mm-hmm. And if, if you want to know the real story, you have to track it. Well, and I, I- I will say for anyone listening, in the start of your journey as an entrepreneur startup, this is not necessarily time focused, good time to focus on that in the beginning. It's more of a let's get everything set up and built and and let's build out, um, you know, the system, the the baseline, right? Um, But as you grow as a business, and as you have these metrics, then you can look back on, and it takes time. So just to explain to people that this this is not like a 90-day thing. This is a, a longer time to review, to really get an idea of what platforms are working, what posts are working. And that's kind of the, the you know, the nitty-gritty of what people are are trying to identify is what are we going to do with our social media strategy? What does that mean for us in the next quarter or the next year based on what's what we've done? And so that takes time, but, and it's helpful to have somebody in your, either your organization that's an expert or at least somewhat of uh, familiarity with things like Google analytics. However, we, we did have people that were really familiar with Google analytics and still struggle <laughs> with this platform that they were certified with Google Analytics. So all the people out there listening that are like, oh, Google Analytics, mm-hmm. um, I must be an idiot. No, no. no. <laughs> so many people are like, that is the most confusing thing ever. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, over and over again, people try, they do everything they can to avoid Google Analytics. You know, you're you're absolutely right. That pain is real. And I empathize. And and I have to say that pain is one of the reasons why we developed this new feature was to try to take the sting out of that. Because I have to tell you, Google Analytics is, for me anyway, is definitely something I have to kind of like, I have to like pump, I have to like, like give myself a big pep talk. Like, okay, we're going to get in there and we're going to look around and we're going to try to find something that we can use. All right, let's go team. Because <laughs> it's not, and then they're changing it. Again, like everybody's freaking out. They're moving to G4. I don't know if you've heard that whole thing, but like now there's this big movement of foot. They're going to upgrade, upgrade. You hear my, you see my quotes. Yes. Dev. It's, it's, they're going to upgrade it. And, you know, everything now that you knew, you don't know, and you have to start over again. So, yeah, it's a, 
That's a real thing. And that's what's challenging about tech tools in general, of any tech tool that there's always many different ways to do things and many tech tools out there. And so, uh, you know, startups are also trying to figure out where their dollars are going to go and how how to best utilize which tech tools to, to use. And and so I would also say I was I had built my WordPress website. Um, I've been working on improving the SEO in the past two months of just adding, working on keywords and getting a better understanding of, of these metrics. And you kind of, because of our work together, I got more interested in Google Analytics and I'm like, okay, I need to start kind of learning about this. And I got some notifications about there's updates and I'm like, okay, well, this is a good time to learn because apparently some things are happening. Um, but I will say it's not when you're starting out. I just want to keep reiterating yeah. that people feel like, anxiety about this. And so part of what I help people with in finding calm <laughs> is that we talk about, well, you're not really, this is, what's the bottom line? Is this going to help you get, like, what's the big goal? Do you need $4,000 a month in revenue consistently or $10,000 or 50000 whatever it is? Well, if that's not going to help you get there, we don't need to focus on that right now because <laughs> whatever, you know, having a perfect social media presence does not equal dollars in your bank account, right? It can over yeah. time. Right. It definitely, and it can definitely be part of a mix, but you're right. It's definitely, I don't think you can start a business anymore without at least asking yourself the social media questions. I, I feel like social media now is integrated enough into business that there's no leaving it out of the conversation. There's no right. leaving it off your checklist when you're just starting out. Um, but I definitely think you need to, you know, how to eat an elephant. I think you definitely need to see it as a long-term goal. You need to see it as a, a as a substantial undertaking. And you do have to um, not overwhelm yourself. That doesn't help anybody. You definitely have to find your calm. You definitely have to phase it out in a way that makes sense and doesn't overwhelm you. But it also doesn't do you any good. Um, it, do, it doesn't feel good to throw your effort to, into the wind either yeah. and, and not know if it's doing, doing you any good. And so sometimes these Google, Google Analytics or, or seeing the actual impact of something that you're doing good or bad, at least it's not shouting into the wind. At least you've got some validation that it, something's happening. You can so make think, an, educated, an educated and informed uh, next step. Yes. You can say, okay, now from an educated place, I can make this right. happen, right? Right. Right. And I don't feel like I'm just wasting time. Otherwise, you're. what are you going to do? Be in LinkedIn three times a week and not really – and, and, and not really feel like it's doing anything for you because that also is frustrating. Like you said, if you've got a limited amount of time, you're starting a business, you need to see the, a certain amount of money come in every month. It, it's tough to it, – it's it doesn't feel good to do something if you don't know it's meaningful, if it's making any difference for you. So I, I even think emotionally it's – it's like, okay, I'm, something's happening here and I, and I can see it and I can see the needle moving and I can build on that. Yeah. Because even if I get, if I pay for people to like my Facebook page and I have now 5,000 people that are followers on my Facebook page, but then the analytics and all or the um, metrics and all the things that block, that Facebook, the algorithms is the word, the algorithms that Facebook uses or LinkedIn or whatever, 
uh, are blocking basically anybody from seeing it anyway. Right. Um, what's the point of that? So I've just paid for people to like be a follower so that I have to pay Facebook so that I can see so that they can see it <laughs> and then hope that on top of the fact that I've invested in that, that they will then see what I'm doing and become a customer or a client. And that's a lot of expectations that are not facts or results. And so it's good to, well, it's it's a part of the equation. Social media obviously is a part of your business strategy, no matter if you're a startup or somebody that's been in business for a long time, but it's insightful and meaningful um, relationship with, with your social media strategy. And some people don't even, we talk about community strategy and, and similarly, some people that people that don't think about their community strategy before they launch it in an online community, in the same respect, they don't really think about their social media uh, strategy and saying, okay, well, what am I actually going to do before I go out and, you know, spend six months creating Facebook posts and then realize, oh, nobody's really on Facebook. Like my people are over on Instagram or something, you know, like, and I wasn't really focusing my time there. And so now that then you feel like, oh, I've just, you know, wasted a lot of time and effort and probably income by paying. Either it's taking an entrepreneur time that they can't, they can't do something else. It's like, what are you saying yes to that you're saying no to something else? So they, if they're doing that, or if you're high, you know, you're paying somebody, then that's obviously coming out of your, your budgets, like you're talking about. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. Social media is like such a, an interesting topic. (laughs) It is an an interesting topic and it doesn't have to, you know, I think that you've, there is good advice into, in, in seeing social media as a necessity but not overwhelming yourself with it in the beginning. And I, I think I, I, if I had advice, I would say it's, I would much rather you um, make your best guess on what the right platform for you and start with that one platform. You know, you don't have to spread yourself out among all the social media platforms and hit all of them and do all of them. I would much rather you do one really, really well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think that even when you're starting out, that's good advice. Pick where you think is the best place to put your eggs. We're, we're guessing now. We know we're guessing. We don't have any metrics yet. We're making a guess. But put your eggs in that basket and 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 conserve your energy. Don't be all over the place wasting your time and wasting your energy. So I think even in the sea of social media, it's like – that's how my brain works, Deb. It's like the Chinese food menu of business activities. Like there's so many things to choose from. There's so many platforms. It's just – it's ad infinitum, infinitum, too many choices, and then nothing gets done. Yeah. So I think that, in it's, you know – It's paralyzing. It's huh? paralyzing. It's paralyzing. I think that focusing your efforts even in the beginning uh, is yes. good advice. And I think that's uh, – that some you just can't you just can't be everywhere and do it all and and you can't be a master of everything at the very beginning and uh it's okay not to be it's okay not to be it's actually but but as i said i would much rather you if you picked facebook as your platform then do facebook well and that my second part of advice on this would be and doing facebook well is if you're linking to anything take the time to put the utm link in there because yeah. if you don't, I mean, if you, again, I, so I, I'm now saying to you, okay, don't worry about Twitter. Don't worry about Instagram. Don't worry about LinkedIn. You've decided to focus on Facebook. And part of doing Facebook well is making sure that all your links are trackable. 
Yeah. Focus your energy. Don't you, all the time that you're saving by not being on Instagram, do Facebook excellently. And that includes your UTM codes. Right. Yeah, that's good. And and there's lots of resources, I'm sure, on how yes. what, what that all means and how to figure that out. So I'm not gonna go down that road. I do want to come back though, because I didn't we talked, we've been talking about it, but the audience doesn't know about your product and this, okay. the product that we were doing discovery for. So yeah. I want to make sure we cover that. <laughs> yes. Well, it's, it's, it's a lot about it. Obviously it's a lot of what we've already kind of talked around to your point. Um, so what, what Agora Pulse basically from our discovery with our own internal clients and the discovery that you and I did with non-clients, we did identify this as a problem specifically for, um, our ideal clients, which are those more, com- the, you know, this problem gets exponentially bigger the more complex your social media footprint is. So, um, so for our ideal client who has this complex social media footprint, this is a pain point. Google Analytics, pain point. UTM codes, pain point. Being able to prove the return on investment for social media, pain point. Being able to justify bigger, bigger budgets, pain point. So once we identified all those pain points, then we went to our brilliant engineers and said, how can we solve it? And so what we've basically done, um, if, you, if you are able to add this feature to your, um, to your subscription with Agora Pulse, what it allows you to do is it automates a lot of this. So it just takes it off your plate. So UTM codes, if you guys get to get into that and look around into that, it's a lot of administration behind creating a UTM code. And so what this does is it automates the creation of the UTM codes right inside the platform. Then it takes those links and it allows you to automatically shorten them with right inside the platform. You don't have to leave. Huge time savings. Then it makes it easy for you to share that UTM code because I don't know about you, but the minute I copy and paste something, I run the risk of missing a letter or dropping something. And so copying and pasting UTM codes, also challenging. So they, in the new feature, we made sure that the UTM codes live forever in a dropdown. So if I'm sharing it with you, you're grabbing it right from the dropdown. No chance of copy and paste problems. I mean, these sound like very little things, but it it's just, each, each one of these things is just t- shaving time and complexity off the process. Mm-hmm. And then once you've got your UTM codes and you've put it where you want it, wanted it, now we've made it so you don't have to leave the tool to get the information from Google Analytics. That Google Analytics information is going to be served up right inside the tool, right inside your dashboard. And you're going to be able to generate a report. And again, you just didn't, you didn't have to leave. You didn't have to go out and come in. You didn't have to figure it out on your own. It was all there. It just takes a lot of the complexity out of it. And I love, I I love the uh, automation part, which a lot of people are very interested in hearing anything. When you say the word automation, they're like, yes, I want to learn how to do that more because I want to take more control of my time. And I can tell you personally, I just rebuilt my entire website in the last two months and the copy and paste and link link testing. Yeah. Um, big deal. If your links don't work, uh, that could ultimately mean that you miss out on a lot of sales or revenue, depending on where you're linking to and what's happening. Or if you're, uh, you know, if they're, you're not linking to pages. I learned all about like linking from internal pages because that bumps up your SEO because then Google can read that better. Uh, all these different things that you feel like, oh, they might not be important. They're actually kind of important, but it's taking it in a, in a, 
in a step-by-step way of, of phasing in like, how am I going to spend time on something? And it, it, it takes more intentionality again about um, how am I investing my time and, and how can I better use my time? And, and to your point around, uh, one of the things we learned was that people didn't want to go to, to Facebook and then to go to Twitter and then to go to this or that, all these different platforms, and then try to understand Google. And if you make it easy, the biggest thing I'm learning in 2022, I can tell you, anything that you make easy, like that person just, people are, we talked a little bit about this in, in some of our conversations, people just have no ability. If it's not like easy, 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 like, like easy button simple, if I have to figure something out and it takes me more than a minute, two minutes, if I'm like three or four minutes into figuring something out, I'm done. I'm like, peace out. This is too complicated. That's how people are now, right? Right. And and, and again, if you're a busy entrepreneur, if you're a busy social media manager, I mean, anything that we can do to reduce that administrative work, which is just such a grind. I, mean, I don't know about you, but in administrative work, that mindless copy and pasting, that mindless administrative work, logging in and logging out, that just wears on your soul. It's just time suckage. It's soul suckage. It, it doesn't feel meaningful. It doesn't feel important. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't make you feel like you're good at your job. I feel like a monkey could do it. I, you know, So as much as we can get a, a computer to do it for us, as much as we can automate those right. things, take them off our plate, make our lives easier, um, You know, it sounds like a little, oh, it's just some copying and pasting. Oh, it's more than that. It's, it's being taken out of your groove. It's being, it's it's a lot of time. It's being taken out of your groove. It's being taken away from meaningful tasks to do drone tasks. And that's, there, there's, there's value. Like you said, there's as, as much as you can make your life efficient and streamlined, that can be the difference between success and failure, especially if you're starting out. Beautiful. Way to wrap it up. Our conversation up beautifully in a light, nice little bow. Uh, lovely. Thank you so much uh, for being here on the Community Strategy Podcast. Uh, hopefully, everybody who's listening got some really good, amazing value out of our conversation around discovery and social media. Uh, can you tell us if anybody wanted to connect with you or uh, you know maybe reach out to you, uh, where they'd find you? Sure. They can find me on LinkedIn. So I'm on there, Teresa Anderson at Gora Pulse. Or you can email me directly. I'm happy to uh, get any of your comments and questions. I'm Teresa, T-H-E-R-E-S-A, uh, at Agora Pulse, A-G-O-R-A-P-U-L-S-E dot com. Well, make sure you make make sure you watch your email box. <laughs> I'm, I'm, your I'm email right out there. I'm here for it. I want to hear what everybody has to say. You heard me say it right here. Oh, man. Well, be prepared. <laughs> you might get some responses on that one because- I'm hoping we buried just, the lead here, Deb. It's all the way at the end. No one's going to hear that. People really want to know about how do I do social media the right way. And that that's easy. That Like literally, I can just press a button. <laughs> so they'll probably, you'll probably get that question if anybody is bold enough to ask, but I'm thank you so it. much. Yes, fun, Always a pleasure. I appreciate you so much. And thank you for all your hard work. It, it would not have been the same process without you. It really wouldn't have.
Well, I am so glad to have connected with you. Hopefully we can work again in the future. Um, for everybody listening, please uh, make sure to subscribe to our podcast. Check out the show notes. Uh, there will be, I just started adding transcriptions to our website. That's part of what I was, the monotonous work I've been doing for two months is <laughs> moving the podcast to the findcalmhere.com website and uh, been working tirelessly on backlinks and all of those fun things. Uh, so please go to my website at <laughs> findcomhere.com. Thanks, Teresa. Have a great rest of your day. You too. And for everybody listening, take care. Until the next time, find calm. <laughs>